0: Hello, and once again, welcome to the Modern Times Podcast. John Guzon and Karen Weil presenting Political Profundity. Hello, Karen. Hi another of this uh, back-to-back weeks that we're doing the Political Profundity Podcast, Um, and for those who might be listening, next week we're going to have a hooray for Hollywood, um, and uh, maybe some more information on that later in this podcast, but um, today we're going to be talking um, about the crazy week we've had, especially the past two days I think it's been now. Um, These pipe bombs that were sent around to the political world, um, you know, typically on those people on the quote-unquote left. Um, We're also um, going to you know, we're going to use the uh, bombings as our main uh, topic to focus on we're also going to talk about the caravan the migrant caravan that's dangerously and scarily moving its way up from mexico um and then um some uh, comments probably on the arizona senate race um karen first of all you know these these bombs come out of nowhere uh as they always do um and then it created, because it only went to folks on the left, it's kind of created a little bit of a battle because it's having, happening during election time. Um, you know, what do you see about all the political rhetoric that surrounded something as simple um, usually as, you know, condemning somebody who wants to blow other people up?
1: Well, I, I think, first of all, it, it should be said, and I, I want to make clear that still doesn't make what happened here any less horrible, Apparently, some of these mail bombs, according to an NBC News New York report, were not full of exploding. Now, others have not been analyzed. Nevertheless, that it would be terrible no matter who these were sent to. Um, but again, as you've mentioned, they were all Democrats. Two of them were former presidents. One of them might have been president, had... Uh, You know, certain meddling not happened in 2016. There was a former vice president. There were one or two congresspeople. Uh, George Soros, who is a well-known billionaire and philanthropist and certainly no fan of the Republican Party.
0: Yeah, the guy who's always Um, doing something.
1: Yes. Uh, You know, CIA Director John Brennan, Eric Holder, the former Attorney General, Joe Biden, the former vice president, Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State, New York Senator, the woman who, by all accounts, You know, it's a very good bet that she's actually the winner of the 2016 election, and yes, I'll stand by that. Um,
0: Well, I mean, she did get the most votes, we know
1: that. And and Robert De Niro, the Oscar-winning actor, (laughs) you know, iconic uh, entertainer. But another thing that all of these these people have in common, some of them more strongly than others, is that they've been very strong critics of Donald Trump, and for good reason. Now, you have... President Obama, who, you know, always the gentleman that he, he is, sort of gently reminds people of exactly what Donald Trump is. You have, and then you have Robert De Niro, who, of course, came out during the Tony Awards earlier this year and said, F Trump. Uh, yes. Not exactly the most general criticism, but, you know, <laughs> I think he speaks for a lot of people. Well, like, even with this sort of bump in his approval ratings, most Americans still don't like Donald Trump. So, you know, he can count a 47% from one poll all he wants. It really doesn't mean a whole lot. And furthermore, if Hillary Clinton's approval ratings were that low, you'd be hearing nonstop doom and gloom that this was it, she'd never get another term, blah, blah, blah. So the hypocrisy, as usual, is, is incredibly high on that, and I know that's not what we're talking about. But, you know, if this were sent to Republicans, it would be equally horrifying and disgusting and awful, even if they were just. Sort of, you know, not explosive devices. They were just meant to look scary. Uh, so this is a type of terrorism that was committed. Um, but I'm going to say something some of your listeners may not want to hear or may not like, and they're they're welcome to holler back at me. But to some degree, Donald Trump bears some blame in this. He has been sitting here. He vilified Hillary Clinton for two years. He went after Barack Obama for years, he took away John Brennan's security clearance for no truly valid reason, Every, and Maxine Waters, he's made borderline racist comments about, uh, never mind Barack Obama, that he didn't believe Obama was a citizen, when he absolutely is. Um, and I, I think what we've seen is this encourages people who might be not exactly mentally stable, and who feel that somehow their actions are justified. Again, I'm not saying Trump is directly to blame, but he certainly plays a role. And so does a lot of all this this just extraordinarily nasty rhetoric, most of it, not all of it, most of it coming from the Republicans. And for Republicans to sit here and equate that this is the same as Mitch McConnell being harassed at a restaurant, which, look, Mitch McConnell's a piece of trash, okay, I'm not a fan, but, you know, no, he should be left alone to eat. It's not going to change his mind. Because people are, are, you know, calling him out for his clearly complicit behavior. But again, it's it's a pointless thing to do. You really want to make a, a statement about Mitch McConnell if you're living in Kentucky. Vote for his Democratic opponent in 2020 if he decides to run, okay? But, you know, and it, it's just this usual sort of swirl media, you know, this sort of both both-siderism lazy thinking and bad faith argument. Yeah, whoever did this, they need to be apprehended right away, and they should be held account to the fullest extent of the law. Um, You know, Donald Trump came out yesterday and did make a statement, and I suspect the only reason he sounded angry is because he knew this was taking attention away from him. Okay, that's all well and good, but then he goes off and does another rally, which is basically another ego gratification, you know, event for him, barely mentions the woman he's supposed to be there for, Leah Buchmeier, uh, who's challenging Tammy Baldwin in the, the Senate race and is lagging behind in the polls. Um, and then, again, blames, but then turns around and blames the media itself somehow for this happening. So he always, he just always steps on whatever good intent he may have, which is next to none, in my opinion. Um And and those are, I mean, that's just, that's how I see it right now. And unfortunately, we don't have somebody in the White House who can truly unify or make, bring any calm or rational thinking to this. What we have is a monster who will, and I suspect to some degree, Trump and his people probably like that this is happening because it takes attention away from the fact that his administration apparently, does not seem to care that a journalist was brutally murdered by the Saudi government. It also takes away attention from this blockbuster New York Times story just yesterday saying the Chinese have been listening in on this man's unsecured phone calls since he got into office. And who knows what they may have learned from that. And again, I hate this kind of rhetoric, but if, if this were happening under a President Hillary Clinton or any Democrat, the, the Republicans would already be, already be screaming impeachment. And you know that. So I... Uh, I just again, we don't have decent, re- decent leadership in, in the White House to really put Americans' minds at ease or, you know, make people feel that this can be resolved. I mean, God bless the FBI who's doing the work on this. I, you know, certainly we're all glad that, that none of the people these things were sent to were harmed. And above all, all our mail carriers and workers in the post offices – who, you know, could have been harmed by this. Oh, and the Secret Service, who also seems to be doing a very good job in trying to get to the bottom of this.
0: I mean, you know, politically, uh, when you talk about the timing, and, and but it does distract from a, a, an issue which was which was helping Trump, which was the migrant caravan, which we said we'd talk about. And I thought, you know, you know a little bit later, more in detail. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think... It, you know, the scaremongering on immigration still works, especially to rile up the Republican base. And I don't know why, you know, anybody on the Republican side would try to do such a thing, which is why I think that, you know, there there had been speculation that that, that, that was the October surprise, that they had been kind of, um, you know, perpetuating and promoting and talking more about, you know, this migrant caravan, which is only slightly larger than, than ones that have been happening for the past decade. Um, and you know why they would serve to distract from that. If any, if there's some sort of anybody who's pulling the strings on these whole things, it just doesn't make sense to me that anybody would 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 think that that's right. Now maybe they didn't know when they got into their pipe bomb making, um, you know, element. I, I don't think it's a political thing one way or the other. Besides somebody who who doesn't know, I, I you know, for all that, for all the stuff that that you know, we know that Trump didn't directly do this. Um, you know, he he, he didn't have he didn't give the okay, there's no Michael Cohen tape, no, of course not. Um, you know, where, where he was like, okay, let's do the bombs. It's probably not Russia. Um, you know, so at this point, it's just, you know, what is it? Um, who knows? I know that they say that they were rudimentary. Right now, the ATF is also saying that they don't see that they could actually have gone off. Um, and so, you know, you, you do wonder what what kind of motivation you would have on that level. I mean, the Unabomber, to a certain level, you kind of understood his his motivation. And maybe he's the most famous guy who ever sent bombs through the mail. And he just wanted to, you know, hurt people. And, and you know, th- there was something to it. If it didn't go off, it was a failure for him. But it does seem like that's what the ATF is saying now, that although they were functional devices, there's something that doesn't connect, or maybe some of them that they, you know, they wouldn't have gone off. And maybe it was because they wanted to make sure that they at least made it to some place for them to be open, so that the final receiver could see it and have them, um, you know, be "quote unquote" terrorized by it. Um, that we let this happen. So I, you know, I don't know. It's it seems, it seems to be a strange element to this to this election. I, I do feel like there's not any um, responsibility being taken though by. Um, The GOP and Trump specifically, I think Trump specifically, and then the GOP to put pressure on him. Um, We know that that uh, just last week, I think it was, where he celebrated um, the guy who body slammed a reporter. Um, Yeah, Greg
1: Jeanforte, the Montana congressman. Yeah,
0: you know, I I mean,
1: I, I, I just I cannot imagine, John. I don't mean to interrupt George W. Bush acting in this manner. I can't imagine Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan, or well, Bill we, Clinton,
0: or John McCain. I mean, we have been talking about the
1: decent human being we ever had celebrating something like that. And we have been talking Donald about Trump John is a McCain. Bad person, you know, we've been sorry.
0: talking about John McCain the past few weeks too, and you know, John you know, McCain we would remember done this, and we Hillary remember Clinton
1: would have done this. And I, I don't. I'm sorry. I just, it's just shocking to me that this monster is in office and that he can do this and say this, and no one. The Republican
0: Party will not hold him accountable. Sorry. No, I I completely agree with you. And, you know, when you have a, uh, you know, the situation where it comes out and you blame the media, which then, you know, they were one of the bombing, um, you know, folks. um, So, you know, you're saying it's their fault that they have rhetoric. Um, You know, there was a few um, interesting pieces. um, I think I was I was reading um, earlier today an opinion that it was talking about how Trump. Um, just believes that no one is allowed to criticize him. And anybody who does, he's going to say that they're fake or it doesn't work right. And, you know, sometimes you have to, in order to be, you know, presidential, I think that means, um, you know, you don't attack directly. And that's, these are some of the reasons why, Um, you know, you take your criticism as it comes and you have to move from there. And I don't think he's there. Um, But, you know, who is this? You know, we know that we can talk about and I I think that the tough element to it when we talk about it being in a political uh, time of year or political season um, every two years, every four years, um, is that it automatically impacts the politics of the situation, whether, you know, we want it to or not or say, you know, you know, let's leave politics out of it. But it does. Because we know that people are going to go to the polls and vote. Now, sometimes that changes because we know a lot of people have already voted with early voting that we have these days. But it does impact the political, you know, situation. Um, And, you know, like with everything else, I just think that, you know, the GOP feels like they can't um, let up at all or else they're worried about losing the election. Uh, You know, that sort of reveals to me, you know, what's more important. The same thing with Kavanaugh. Um, where that's just the decision they made. They said they were going down that road, so they couldn't get out of it, even if they wanted to. Um, and now they have to kind of, you know, you know, back Trump and bash everybody. And that's the way it seems to me to be. And you know, when you're in a political situation, you can't say anything to anybody. Um, you know, the Democrats can't even come out and say, "Hey, you need to be." You know, you know, this, some of the political discourse, your bullying, your all the rest of this that's gone on, has, has created this situation. Um, and you know, one of the biggest things that came back, Lindsey Graham again. You know, he he started off saying, "Well, I voted for Sotomayor and Kagan." Now this time he's like, "I didn't, I didn't say anything about you know when uh, when one of Bernie Sanders supporters shot up the congressional softball game, and now you're saying this because a crazy loony, you know, tries to send some bombs." Um, you know, and again, it's, it's how he's supposedly, you know, you know um, given slack um, when, 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 when Looney's supporting you or I, one side or the other. But now it's not there. Um, so, you look, know,
1: I, have, go ahead, I'm no, I guess,
0: you know, you, you, know, you can answer in any way you want. But do, do, you know, at first, I want to see what you say of, about whether this is unavoidable to be a political issue. And especially because it's so close to the election.
1: Right. And, you know, Lindsey Graham's comment is incredibly stupid. Whatever Bernie Sanders' flaws, I never have heard him give a speech vilifying the media, vilifying... I mean, he's called Donald Trump a pathological liar, but that's, you know, that's just a cold, hard fact. Sorry, Trumpers. Um, But he's never, you know, he's never praised a congressperson who beat up a reporter. Again, this is this cheap... Cheap-ass, false equivalency, you know, lazy thinking that people like Graham employ when they know damn well how bad this makes their party look. Um, Again, Donald Trump has made so many horrendous, terrible, violent statements over the years. It is not unreasonable to some degree to hold him responsible for whoever, you know, the actions of, of whoever... This is, uh, you know, and we don't know yet. Uh, Because, again, he has stoked, you know, he has stoked these fires for a long time. And because he is not capable of being a decent human being, he's never going to stop because he knows this is what his base wants. Which takes me back to something else. I'm sorry. The problem are Republican voters, many of them themselves. Trump is merely a symptom of this. And this has been brewing for decades. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because the GOP in the past used to be a party with, you know, truly decent, responsible individuals at the helm of it and a good voting base that understood what really mattered. So I, I take no pleasure in saying that, John. I really don't.
0: Well, you know, for those of us who have been around long enough to remember, um, you know, what uh, it means to say the Alfred Murrah Federal Building, you um, it feels like there's that same sort of environment, but uh, slightly different. Um, obviously, I think the arguments are the same. I think the anger and the hatred and the resentment come from the same source. But now they're not so much militias as they used to be. They're like these boys clubs, um, like the Proud Boys and some of these other folks um, who get together and do, um, you know, you know, mix with Fight Club. Um, you know, and I think it's it's just you know the millennial version of the militias and now you know you might be seeing it in these in 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 violent acts. it seems like there's you know the rise of, of of bombings again um does do you feel like there's any comparison to that same kind of um you know feeling that come that came out of Reaganism, which we know is what kind of spurred that whole feeling um, well, uh, you know in the early 90s? oh
1: look we've always had roughly. of this country, in my opinion, and just based on everything I have observed in my lifetime, of people who are authoritarian-minded. You know, Trump is the one they've wanted forever, and that's why you're not seeing the space support soften, because he's doing everything they want. But yes, you know, several decades ago, you had a militia movement that was starting. Uh, You had incidences like Ruby Ridge. In 1992, and then, of course, you had Waco, which, although that didn't really have to do with militia, it was just a very fanatical religious leader who might have been molesting some of his own congregation. And, you know, that was just a, yeah, that was something that ended horribly. Um, and, of course, we know Timothy McVeigh, his his claim for doing this was Waco and Ruby Rich. So you just, again, when you, I think just certain elements have fired these people up. More, because, you know, those being, of course, not only Trump in the last few years, decades of talk radio, uh, you have the Internet. And and again, I'm not you can't put the genie back in the bottle with these things that they're what they are and, and they're there. And you also, you know, combine that social media, talk radio, combine that with changing demographics in this country and a certain percentage of white voters, not all, not most. But there is that percentage who are scared to death of it. They know eventually whites are going to be a minority in this country. No matter how draconian a policy the Trump administration tries with restricting immigration, you're eventually still going to have whites no longer being the majority. And I think for this particular group, they're scared to death of that. I think it's also the fact that you have a certain amount amount of white males. Again, I want to stress for the record, because I'm married to one, and I think they're just great. you have a certain percentage of males who are, do not like the fact that women have gained more power over the decades either. Um, there's, you know, maybe some of what I'm saying sounds far out, but I think you just have this entire st- toxic stew that is now at the boiling point. And here we are. Yeah, you know, it's not be- good. It's not good for anyone. It's yeah. not good for Trump voters, okay? It's not good for white men. Or men in pe- period, I just you know. I, I'm sorry that some of these people don't understand that.
0: It 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 just you know, like you had mentioned, that's the parallels that I saw between those two sort of times and the you know rise of bombings on the right um, and uh, the rise of talk radio and Rush Limbaugh and um, you know th- they came in with those and they're going to go out with Trump um, and we'll see what 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 kind of comes out the other end. I think. Um so Let
1: me can I say something somewhat relatively positive? There is a way to push back against this that is not that is civil, and that's show up and vote, folks. If you despise what these people are doing, there's an election on November sixth.
0: You know it. Are we ready to move on to our next topic?
1: You bet. You bet. Uh,
0: Okay. Um the caravan that's making its way up through Mexico um, with violent folks inside of it and uh, obviously tongue solidly in cheek and Middle Eastern terrorists and um, I don't know, I don't know, there's got to be a, a atom bomb in there somewhere that they're going to put up against the border wall and blow it up and just the massive hordes of unwashed masses are going to come in and they can't even afford to stay in a Trump hotel. Excuse me for going overboard. However, um, it does seem like it it almost is that bad from what we're hearing about this this migrant caravan that's going to invade our country. Um, Mathis uh, or sends eight hundred more troops to the border today. Um, You know, it's kind of been done. Um, You know, I think it's for at least a decade. There's been a caravan that comes up from Central America, Honduras, Guatemala and uh kind of talks about the situation that's going on there they do it for safety they all kind of pile up and say hey we're going to try to go through mexico together so we survive it and then we're going to try to get into the united states um that's kind of what it seems like from what i've seen over the years and knowing these things and lately um, in april and um now uh here in october it's become um this big scare tactic it's almost as bad as uh, the red scare and uh uh, I don't know, it's, uh, you know, locusts, um, I don't know, Africanized honeybees. It seems like it's really gone crazy. Um, you got any uh, input on this whole caravan thing? And even if it relates to what we talked about, that that was a, uh, um, you know, a plant and a way to get your uh, GOP base riled.
1: Well, there's no question this is something that'll, that'll stir up Trump supporters and a certain amount of other Republicans as well. Um that what That's one of the reasons Donald Trump, I think, ended up winning the you know the GOP nomination. Although, yeah, again, if only you know if there had been fewer GOP nominees running in the first place, I don't think he would have. But that's neither here nor there at this point. know, um, yeah, I think to me, John, there's an historical perspective here, and what you know people should understand. They can look. Our immigration system, there's no question it needs reform, and it has for some time. Um, However, what Trump is proposing is not the answer. You know, as I've said many times, there was a really good proposal for dealing with immigration reform, and that came from President George W. Bush. And it's just a shame that his own party didn't listen to him on that, because he was 1,000% right. Um, That being said, people are fleeing places like Honduras, El Salvador and Guatemala, because these, these countries more or less are failed states. There's horrendous violence in all of them. You have extraordinarily corrupt governments. You have terrible poverty. You have a lot of gang violence. And understandably, people don't want to live in that. And, you know, whether anybody likes it or not, people have the right to come to this country and seek refugee status. Does that mean they're going to get it? No. But and this is not the first type of migrant caravan that has taken place. Uh, This has been going on for a decade, and you know, one can, regardless of how you may feel about that, and it should be noted, this this caravan is still in Mexico. Okay, they're not. It's not going to be anywhere near this country's border uh, for a while.
0: Um, and, and, and you the, know, and and, and to kind of just highlight what you're saying, the one that was here in April, it ended up having a little over 100 people tried to declare for, um, uh, you know, status in order to come to, into the country. And that was still, again, you know, started off with a thousand or so um, in southern Mexico. And it bleeds as it, you know, goes along. They lose people, people go into other homes and then they leave the caravan and then maybe they'll try to cross by themselves We know that these things happen, but I think the most important thing is that they are doing it for their safety to make it through because they're coming with nothing. They have their children. It's a lot of times it's women who have lost their husbands to murderers or for other things, or they're trying to travel at different times. Maybe their husband already came through, but this is not um, a group. It's like it's like it's almost like a horde mentality was being put like it's almost, you know, the Goths are going to sack Rome. I, you know, I think that that's really, you know, it seems like what the right has been talking about and just, you know, anecdotally people that I've run into that are, you know, GOPers, they are literally, you know, what is really going to happen with this? What are they going to do? Like, they literally don't see, you know, maybe from, you know, that, you know, this specific gentleman I was talking to is new to Arizona and maybe that's why, Um, but I don't think so. I think people are really just that not educated about it and have no real idea that there's no fear period and there's probably more border patrol and army in the area anyway than outnumber any caravan and they can find these people no problem if they really, I mean, it's not going to be an issue Um, if 800 to 1,000 people show up at the southern border. um, There was times in the uh, early 2000s and 90s where more than that would cross in a day. Um, So, you know, it, it just seems like the, uh, the reporting is horrible. I, I, I have to say that I think that, you know, with all the complaining I think Trump has done, he's kind of allowed the media then just takes talking points and doesn't want to, you know, confront them or they don't know how or they don't understand what's going on or no one really just wants to say this is what's going on uh, or there's some sort of coordinated idea, uh, uh, coordinated idea because this is, this is silly that it's being judged as
1: such a crisis. Right, because it's not. Uh, I mean, the the real crisis, per se, is what's happening, sadly, in these Central American countries, and for the reasons I've already said. And again, I hate to bring this up, but unfortunately, the United States indirectly caused this decades ago by meddling in civil wars and often funding the wrong side. Um, You know, if anybody remembers the Iran-Contra scandal from a million years ago now from the mid-1980s that's just one example of that but and it is it is a tragedy and of course your heart just breaks for the people of El salvador and guatemala and honduras who have to live with this daily nightmare
0: exactly and you know that's one of the biggest things that i've ever had when i have discussion with folks that that are really either scared or against um, uh, immigration from latin america i think the biggest Thing that I always try to just mention to them is the Monroe Doctrine, and uh, our country's policy has been and has never been rescinded that we try to destabilize every other country in the Americas besides Canada, um, so that we can keep you know keep our hegemony over this over this region, and um, you know it, it, we have a responsibility for that I think, and whether we want it or not, and you know folks will just keep like you said we will keep just trying to. They, you know, no matter how bad it gets in the United States, it's better than it is in Guatemala and Honduras and Nicaragua. Um, So they're going to see the United States as that city on a, you know, shining city on a hill, whether whether we don't see it being that anymore or not. It's better than where they're at. And 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 that that responsibility exists for us as a country, I think, because of what our policy has been, Um, you know, or we have some sort of responsibility to try to help them be valuable trade partners um and 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 find a way for us all to do better so that folks don't have to leave um you know and why should they i mean you know i mean that's i think one of the saddest things about what goes on is that you know anybody who who comes to the united states usually and finds success it's it, they don't go you know and your responsibility is then for those people who have come here and found success to go back to those countries and fix them and 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 I think that's a difficult thing to say that a, that a, that individual people have to do when they find success, um, you know. But there has to be some sort of change in 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 Latin America in order for um, you know if people are worried about you know that 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 they want to leave their situation, well, let's help them get it better there instead of uh, making it worse.
1: Yeah. I, Again, there are no easy answers to what's going on in these Central American nations. Um, But I think, and I think, unfortunately, for a lot of the mainstream media, it's just not as sexy a story to tell, you know, to show the actual reality of life in these countries and also, you know, have to tell viewers about some, you know, where the United States went wrong here decades ago. It's just much easier to show images of a caravan without any kind of context or backstory or anything else, especially, you know, for... uh, certain mainstream media outlets who need clicks, and, uh, and certainly Fox News, which, again, this, this stirs up their viewership quite a bit. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think I, frankly, I think if really we talked to every single person in this country, there would be a whole lot of them that it would have far greater concerns, including health care and what may happen to the ACA, for starters, than a, a caravan of several hundred people whose only crime is They're simply trying to find a better life. And, uh, you know, to me, that's just where it stands. And it's it's frankly up to people themselves to to learn more about that part of, of the world and why it's important to us, our history with these nations, and maybe things we can all do as citizens perhaps to help people in need.
0: You know, you said it as well as I hope to, and um, you know, on to more misinformation. Um, what's good? It seems to be going on here in the Arizona U.S. Senate race. Seems to be a, a the, the same evidence of misinformation. People not understanding what's going on and being riled up. Um, uh, Kirsten Cinema, Martha McSally. Uh Sinema's the Democrat. McSally's the Republican. Um, McSally's been. Um, you know, Trump came here and visited. Um, she's uh, ba- backed by Trump. Um, she's been on the attack. She's been at- attacking cinema uh, on uh, kind of made up uh, uh, allegations on uh, that she's okay with uh, uh, predators raping young children, um, which is is was wrong. She was just saying, "Why are you going to throw an extra?" um a charge on somebody who don't who who didn't know that they were going after somebody who is you know specifically under 15. um you know like hey they're already going away forever i mean uh you know what are you going to do and it's not going to stand up that's really what what came out of that um and then now she's lost the uh the endorsement of the highway patrol association and others Her, her brother is a police officer um uh, that doesn't matter to any of them. There's, they just say that she, uh, you know, didn't support increased charges for, for, uh, assault against a police officer, which again, um, it's not like she made it so that, you know, they can't have assault on them. She just said, why are we adding even more penalty against assault on a police officer? I mean, uh, (laughs) they're already going to jail for a very long time and more than they would if they attacked a private citizen why are we going to give it even more? Um, which is an argument to be made. Um, but you know, in this era of, uh, uh law enforcement, um, it's being seized upon. Um, and it seems like cinema is not fighting back so much. I don't know whether she can get it out. Her idea has been to play centrist and play peacemaker and play, um, I'm the better person. I'm not, I'm not this kind of, um, um, uh, I don't, I don't throw these kind of barbs. I'm going to run a clean campaign. Um, One, it's scary scary to me a little bit, I think, in Arizona. I think that McSally's running the narrative. Um, There was, um, you know, and I don't think I'm alone in this. There was a uh, a letter to the editor in the Arizona Daily Star today saying, McSally was, you know, called cinema a liar liar at least eight to ten times, and she never once um, said, no, I'm not, you know, and this is why. Um, So it seems like I'm not the only one feeling that, and unfortunately, I hope that doesn't mean any kind of, you know, negative result for cinema. She's still polling very close, so it's showing that it still is reverberating. Maybe with who she needs to vote for her, and she's never gonna, you know, get anybody else to kind of change their mind. Um, she's got to get the energy out from her own base, and maybe she's trying to, you know, keep the mud off of her in order to do that. Um, you know, from out of state, not seeing it here. Um, how is this? How is this race playing? Um, you know, across the country. I know you're only in California, but it's still, you know, these kind of you know Senate political races really kind of play statewide. So, what are you seeing from outside the state on this race, and 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 what and what's its profile at least in California?
1: Well, I mean, just candidly, and then look, every Senate race is very important, no matter you know how impossible it may seem for the Democrats to win it, or conversely, in a very blue state where a Republican is running. Um, yeah, I think frankly. I, and not to diminish the importance of this race in Arizona, you've got two female candidates, you know, one of whom, and frankly, one thing I want to say about, if I may quickly, about the Arizona Senate race, cinema was ahead in many polls until all of a sudden about a month ago, right, here came millions and millions of dollars of Coke funded ads. And then all of a sudden, she started dropping. I don't think that was any accident.
0: And those are the ones um, on the sexual on the uh, sexual attacks on young children that were kind of made well, up. Well,
1: and that, that didn't help either. But again, it, uh, cinema's, cinema's viewpoints on that were totally twisted. An extraordinarily dishonest point on McSally's part, but not surprising. I, I think, frankly, a lot of people are watching. There's more interest from where I sit. In the Nevada Senate race, where you have Gene Heller, oh, yeah. who has, you know, is a, a point or two ahead of, of Democratic challenger Jackie Rosen, but who frankly is not all that well liked within the state to begin with. Um, so that's an interesting race. He's had to have Trump come out and show for him several times because, truthfully, a lot of Republicans don't like Gene Heller either. Um, I think there's a lot of interest, obviously, in what's going on in Texas, work working Ted Cruz. Who knows how that's going to all shake out. On election day but there's no question or is certainly the most interesting candidate that's from the democratic side that that state has seen in decades um i i think those those particular races
0: and the race are in florida too, getting
1: more attention even though arizona you know in california yeah you know, there's a lot of there are a lot of ties between these states in terms of tourism and and other things so uh, I think because Nevada and California share a border, and there's a lot of worry about what may happen with the Yucca Mountain Nuclear Waste Facility. I, Trump keeps claiming it's never going to open, but then his administration has sort of, you know, some of its actions have said otherwise. I, you know, I think people are very nervous about that in both states. But I think, I, I, I just think maybe Arizona's one is not as big on the radar candidly right now. Well
0: yeah, I mean well, uh, I, think,
1: I think if cinema wins it, that's going to be a huge upset. Maybe just as big as the upset in Texas, if by some chance the work wins. And again, I'm not going to make any predictions on that. But you know, again, I, I think just for the eyes of political watchers, they're just they're waiting to see who prevails on election day. And if cinema takes it, that's going to be a that's a huge earthquake. Not only for your state, but I think for, you know, all the Western states in general. Yeah, you know, um, you know
0: I think that Florida race is another one to watch, uh, too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and, Bill Bill Nelson Gillum, and the Democratic challenger to Ron
1: Sanders, who has just turned out to be, he's just a complete train wreck. I mean, I'm not just saying that purely for partisan reasons. This guy is running a horrible campaign. Um, you know, Gillum just wiped the floor with him in two debates. He's now, and again, Polls change. We all know that. So anybody listening is in Florida,
0: vote.
1: Don't assume anything.
0: Yeah, and well, and I'm also, I, you know, I was all talking about the Senate race in Florida, Bill Nelson and Rick Scott.
1: Uh, thank you. I'm sorry. I thought you meant the governor's one because that's one that's attracting a lot of attention. But your Bill Nelson has now pulled ahead a little bit past Rick Scott. I think because Rick Scott's record as Florida governor is, you know, not exactly the rosy scenario he's painted it to be. So I think if, if Nelson holds on to that's a seat, that's a huge deal. But I, I want to go back to Nevada, because one thing you keep hearing political analysts say, and they may not be right, if, you know, the theory is if Rosen can't win that, then the Democrats have no chance of winning the Senate. Uh-huh. Again, I'm not sure that's true, but I, I do, I will say, I think if Rosen takes that early, you're going to see, you could see that, you could see Cinema win in Arizona. You could see... Believe it or not, don't laugh at me. You could see O'Rourke sweep by to victory. Um, I just, I think there's certainly a lot of enthusiasm on the Democratic side, but I think in part because the GOP has done a good enough job. And, and this isn't the only. They can't campaign. They can't campaign on the tax. I don't. I don't see Martha McSally campaigning on the tax cut. In fact, you know, you, I'm sure you saw the footage of her trying to change the subject when she was asked about her contradictory. Uh, positions on the ACA. And of course, then she got testy with a CBS 5 reporter and said, you know, can we please talk about exactly. things that matter to right. Arizona voters? Well, guess what, Congresswoman? Health care matters to Arizona voters, including more than a few Republican runs. Um, and, I mean, here's a funny thing. I, I think, I will say this about Cinemas' campaign. I think, unfortunately, they have underestimated the lengths to which Sally's campaign was going to go to. Now that cinema's fighting back, now great. That you know, yeah. hopefully that's enough.
0: It does seem like it's not. It's not so much there. It it, it does seem like, and the, and, and that and that was the you know the kind of the the thing I think I wanted to hold on to. It it, it did seem like you know obviously the race in Texas is very uh, hot. Um, you know, those, uh, accusations being thrown back and forth, and and who would expect anything less with a Ted Cruz campaign, and and who knows what Beto O'Rourke would be like as a campaigner if he didn't have to fight um you know cruise. um and i think the same thing has been happening in 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 nevada if you asked me i thought that their their debate was a little bit more fiery than than what happened here i think you know Rosen yeah, was a little bit more i agree lively and you know i just it, i have to agree with you. it just seems like you know nelson especially the one that you had sort of forgotten because i i think it's not really there i don't think they're they're trying to play the middle of the road, both both Scott and uh, Nelson. And I think here in Arizona you have McSally trying to pull to the right and send them a stand down the middle. And you know, um, I'm sorta of surprised there hasn't anything been coming out about her, you know, that she's bisexual or, or a lesbian or whatever she is. There hasn't been they haven't brought up her sexual orientation once and we're at October twenty fifth, which is a bit of a surprise to me. That they wouldn't have gone there, but I just don't think that they, you know, it it probably elevates her without her having to say anything. I think that, 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 I think, you know, politically they know in this climate, um, attacking her for that would be, you know, it's just a lose lose situation for for McSally. Um, Right, I um, agree. You know
1: what? Honestly, John, I don't think even a good chunk of Republican voters, unless they're the Christian conservatives, I don't think they care about Sinema's personal life. I, you know, I, And, that, you know, that's progress, that is, because her personal life, you know, who she chooses to love, as long as she's not harming anybody, right. is irrelevant. And that, I mean, you and I, we've come, that state has come a long way from when I was living there, when Jim Colby was the congressman from the Southern District in Arizona, and that includes Sierra Vista. Where we both were, and his, he was basically
0: in the closet his whole career.
1: Yes, well, he came out around 2000, and and to some degree, that was a brave move on his part. You know, I remember, in fact, from that the the GOP convention, there were Texas delegate members who were turning their backs on him when he was speaking, and I thought, what is he saying that's so terrible? Oh, that's right, he's gay. You can't, you can't, apparently can't live with that. So I think, personally, it's a good thing. And I am not say that about a Republican candidate. Martha McSally were bisexual. I don't give a damn if she is either. I mean, that's not a reason to vote for her or vote against her. Um, you know, I, I think, again, because you're, in the case of the Nevada race, where you've got a Republican who's nowhere near as strong as he should be, that's not to say Dean Hiller couldn't win, but you've got Jackie Rosen, even if she comes up short on Election Day, she's been a tough Candidate with a smart campaign, and she certainly attracted a lot more interest and attention from Nevada Democratic voters than, say, Shelley Berkeley did against Heller in 2012. So, but again, that race is a toss-up. I think whoever wins it, as I'm going to say for Arizona, I'm not, you know, it's going to be by a very small margin, um, which reflects not only sort of that partisan divide, but you know, perhaps the strength of the, the challengers in this case as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just having the idea of whether there's going to be a a referendum on Trump when when voters go to the polls. And that's what I think is going to change between now and Election Day is how close it is a referendum on him in in folks minds who haven't decided yet when they walk into the polls. And and then some of these down ballot situations, um, you know, Senate, uh, some congressional seats, that's where it will go, even more so than energy, which we know is important. But um, really, whether it becomes a referendum on Trump in the minds of those undecideds um, uh, is going to be what happens between now and Election Day. And that's, you know, the, that's my Karnak. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I mean, there's no question for the Democratic side. There's definitely the desire to see Trump reigned in and held accountable uh, for some of these more serious charges, including whether he colluded with a foreign adversary to win an electoral college.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I don't think... Because I also don't see that there's any other issues that anybody else is running on. It does seem like that that's what it is. You know, you look at the Arizona race of McSally and they talk about some things, but, you know, not not really. It really still all is coming down to that. There's no big ideological change at this point. I think even Republicans know another tax cut is suicide with our, you you know, deficits rising to where they are every day. Um, and so they can't even run on, on that, although Trump tried to. Um, but, you know, where do you go from here when you're a Republican, when you supposedly have everything you ha- uh, want? There's no more, there's there, there's nothing else for them to run on besides, hey, we're more patriotic than you. And that's what it seems like they're running on.
1: Well, right. Again, they can't run on the tax cut. That's been a disaster for them. They certainly can't run on Trump's popularity because, again, even with this little blip in, in approval, He is still widely disliked. Uh, They can't run on any much of anything else. They've had no real accomplishments. Uh, So what do they run on? Basically, the cult of Trump, and, oh, we'll be the ones to make sure that he's not held accountable. That, I guess, you know, that's certainly not going to work with even more conservative Democrats. I don't think it's going to work with a lot of independents now, of course, Republicans, who are all in, of course. They're, you know, that doesn't... We already know where they're going. But... I I just think, again, we've never seen an atmosphere like this where you you have such an incompetent, unfit individual in the White House, number one. And, you know, the Democrats who, frankly, have, there's an old expression they you know, they don't know how to get out of their own way. More often than not, that's true. I don't think this time it is. Now, that's not to say all of their races are going to be successful. Far from it. But I think there's definitely... You know, I don't think that narrative that some of the mainstream media have been pushing this time—they don't have any message. I, that's just not true. Uh, I think the health care argument has been very good for them. Now, again, at the end of the day, what what they've got to do is get their voters out. And if they fail to do that, um, you know,
0: they'll I, fail to take the Senate I, I for think sure, sure. And maybe Republicans will
1: have a fairly good night. Oh, but yeah. I have a feeling voter turnout is going to be higher, much higher than 2014.
0: Karen, thanks again, though. And we will talk, I'm sure, um, after Election Day. Um, and we might be able to get one quick podcast in if we want before. Next week, we're going to have a Hooray for Hollywood take the time off and um, and see what happens in the political scene. Karen and I might be back in the end of next week, early the week after, right before the election. But we'll see what happens. And But if you haven't yet, if you still have time to register, register. Um, if you haven't studied on who all the down-ballot candidates are, make sure you do that. Propositions, um, ordinances in your own locality, become an educated voter, please, anyone who is listening. Karen, thanks again. We'll talk yeah. to you next time.
1: Thank you very much, and thanks to all our listeners out there.
0: See you. Bye.